1: With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly
2: Riggs. Hey, welcome to Biz Locker Radio. Great to have you on board as we sort through uh, a technical issue or two here. We're getting started, and it is great to have you on board. The Business Locker Room, absolutely the show you want to be a part of. Compelling conversations, cutting-edge business content that you can use today. Great to have you guys on board with us. And in just a few minutes, I'll be joined by uh, my special guest for today's show. That'll be Trish Bertuzzi. She'll be along. Miles Austin
3: will join me as well. Miles, how are you doing? I'm doing good, bud. Looking forward to today's show. Trish is one of my favorites, and... uh... We're talking about a fun tool this afternoon as well. Yeah, she's pretty fantastic.
2: I've got her and you both on Blab. If you're joining us on Blab, great to have you. Trace a little audio check. Let me know if I can hear you out there. Oh, I'm still working on some audio complications with her, but we'll get to it. Hey, Miles, coming up in the X's and O's segment, we're going to talk about Todoist.com, right? Did I do that right? Yeah, Todoist, yep. Todoist. Well, hey, let me finish the show intro because we're trying to weave into getting Trish onto uh, the, the live video as well. But listen, the business locker room, if you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, lead a company, this is definitely the show for you. We have experts like Trish on each and every week. We do great things with sales, marketing, social media, business strategy, and so much more. I'm your host. I'm Kelly Riggs. And by the way, we do this on Blab. We do live video. It is absolutely fantastic. Gives you the opportunity to get involved and listen to the show live and see what we're doing behind the scenes as well. And that's exactly what Miles is doing right now, is getting things lined up on the video side. You can find us online, by the way, at bizlockerradio.com. You want to follow me on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. And by the way, do like I do. Go find the show on iTunes, download the show And listen to it on your daily commute. I mean, there's so many things going on in your world on a regular basis. But you get that time in the car, you're going to hear a lot of great things today from Trish. Next week, it's going to be even uh, a great show as well in sales. It's going to be Mike Weinberg. Then the show after that, Joe Polizzi. We've got a lot of really great stuff going on that you want to be a part of. By the way, November 9, Oren Clough will be back on Biz Locker Radio. Fantastic interview that I had with him a couple of months ago. We're going to do it again. But today, Trish Bertuzzi will join us in just a few minutes. But Miles, tell me about Todoist.
3: Thanks, Kelly. You bet. Look, Todoist is something I think all of us struggle with. And all it really is, is a kind of a, a, a hyper powered to do list. It gives us the ability to um, organize what we have to do, it helps you prioritize them, stack rank them. And one of the neat features, things, features that I like about Todoist the most is I can add other people into either it's on my sales team or in my organization. Or even other people like you that I'm collaborating with. So like when you're working to prep for a show, Kelly, you can have a list of to-do items. You can have a checklist. You can have different call-in numbers, whatever it might be. And they're just there. And then as you click them off, they're showing as expired and they go away for you. It's just uh, the, the other nice part is it's on my iPhone, it's on my iPad, it's on my laptop, and it's on my desktop. So it's everywhere I go and with everyone else that I want to share my to-do list with.
2: Well, tons of great products available in the marketplace that help with making lists and to-do items and all that. So excited to learn quite a bit more about this one. I suspect we're going to take a quick time out, Michael, uh, on the other side of the glass, engineering our show today. We're probably going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll make sure that we're set up because I've got to get the star of the show, Trish Bertuzzi, online. And we're going to talk about sales development The title of the show, episode number 74, Sales Development 3.0. I can assure you, if you're in the sales business, you're going to want to stick around. Let's take a quick time out, Michael. We'll come back on the other side. This is Biz Locker Radio on Voice America.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to Speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com.
0: Today's hot topics. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up?
1: If you think you've seen online TV before...
4: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business
2: locker room. Hey, thanks for joining us, BizLocker Radio Live, Monday, October the 19th, as we always do at 3 o'clock Central Time in the afternoon, and it's great to have you on board as well. I am joined by Trish Bertuzzi. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about sales development, but I want to tell you a little bit about Trish. She is She's a fantastic presence in this inside sales world. We're going to talk sales development. It's all about the front end of the sales process. And she is uh, someone who has owned a fantastic company called the Bridge Group for quite some time now, and been very successful. And she was, she's a little skittish about being on Blab. I, I have no idea why, because she's fantastic. Uh, Cheers,
5: thank you, and thank you for putting up with me trying to figure out how to get this thing going.
2: She you know, has been a good
5: technology my whole life.
2: Uh, well, listen, uh, you're doing a fantastic job, and I appreciate you joining me. Give us that 60-second Trish Bertuzzi bio. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
5: Sure. So um, I founded the Bridge Group in 1998 with one mission, and that mission was to help B2B technology companies really unleash the power of inside sales. We've had over 300 clients to date. We're going strong and still loving it.
2: Oh, fantastic stuff. Well, you you said we want to talk about sales development. We've titled this episode Sales Development 3.0. Sales development is a is a concept that's been around, right? But it's never really been as focused as it has been in recent years. Tell me about that evolution.
5: So I love it, right? So I always kid with Kyle Porter and some of the other uh, sales development experts and I'm like, "Dude, that was my job in 1988, right? <laughs> <laughs> sales development has been around forever. It's just gone through iterations. It was telemarketing, then it was inside sales, and then it was telesales, whatever, whatever name you want to give it. I love the fact that we've landed on sales development because that's really what the function's all about, developing sales.
2: Well, what did it look like in the, in the 80s? you talk about it being around that far, long ago. What, what did it look like back then? We didn't have all these tools and toys.
5: We had nothing, nothing. (laughs) So it was like crazy, right? You'd work out of Excel, you'd sit at your desk, you'd smoke a few cigarettes at your desk. Oh, yeah, I'm that old. Um, It was just really, it was all cold calling and outbound. And back then, though, people answered their phones more. I I think in one respect, it's so much easier now because you have all the tools and technologies. But on the other side of the coin, people are more challenging to engage with.
2: Well, you were prominently featured in an article that was written in Forbes by a guy by the name of Stephen J. Meyer. You, you showed me that article, and I loved it. It's called, quote, The Biggest Trend in Sales Today, This Thing Called uh, Sales Development. It came out back on January the 30th in, in Forbes. Um, you, you, you made some very definitive statements in there. You, you said that cold calling is dead. What do you mean by that?
5: Well, first of all, if you know me, you know each statement I make is definitive.
0: (laughs) That's my personality, (laughs) right? She's not shy. Okay. What I
5: said was, and Miles, you know that, what I actually said was, it's the cold that's dead, not the calling. Right. Because, and by that I mean is, you know, everyone talks about how buyers are so much more empowered, and they most assuredly are. But we're empowered, too. We know more about our buyers than we ever have before. So outbound still works. You just have to do it right. So it's not cold. It's, it's got to be personal. You've got to be human. You've got to be relevant. You've got to want to engage with your buyer. That's what's changed, I think. It's not just, you know, smiling and dialing or pounding the phones anymore. It really is about having a, a meaningful conversation with your buyer.
2: Yeah, we're back in the old days when we used to take a building downtown and work every floor of the building, call on every single door, leave a business card and a brochure, right? Sound familiar? Yeah.
5: Well, I never did field sales, so I did it over the phone, though. Same idea.
2: Yeah, yeah I, you know, in some ways, maybe maybe way harder, right? Just being on the phone, pounding. Pounding the phone like that—is it—is it hard? I, I, this is a question that pops into my mind. Do you think it's harder to find now, find people now who want to be on the phone and pound the phone all day long, whether the calls are warm or leads or whatever? Is it—is it harder to find that person today?
5: So here's the challenge. You know, the demand for that role now far outstrips supply. Far outstrips supply. Oh, no kidding. So okay. Yeah, so what we're finding is, you know, years ago, people would want two to three years experience in this role. Now, if, you know, you have a pulse, they're willing to try to train you as an SDR. You know, one of the things I'm always saying to my client is, you know, take your time hiring. Bad breath is not better than no breath at all, right?
2: (laughs) Sometimes sometimes
5: you're better off having an empty seat. So the, the challenge is there's just... Nobody goes to college and pops out the other end and says, put me on the phone, strap me into a headset, I just can't wait. You know, <laughs> people are ending up in the role, and they're ending up in the role with, with no set of expectations, and we need to create those ex- expectations for them appropriately and then give them a learning environment so they can be successful at this job because they don't know what they're doing.
2: Hey, if you're just joining us, Trish Bertuzzi is my guest. By the way, you can find her all over the Internet. Go to her corporate website, BridgeGroupInc.com. Follow her on Twitter, at BridgeGroupInc. We talk about sales development and hiring people. i got to believe that's maybe one of the hardest pieces of the whole puzzle. What are some specific things that you're advising your clients to look for, character traits or skills or inherent things that somebody really has to have in order to be successful in that role?
5: So the challenge is there's not one answer to that question. So some of my clients, based on the fact that their solution or technology is enterprise, it's very sophisticated, it's very, um, you know, more like enterprise, you can't hire a kid out of college to help you there. But for the clients who are hiring millennials, I do say to them, you know, what you're looking for in a person is the desire to learn. Natural curiosity, the ability to prepare well, and the ability, and I think this is the big one, to have a great conversation. Because that's what selling is now. It's about having a conversation. And if you have someone in the seat in front of you in the interview process, and they're monosyllabic, or they're not focused, or they weren't prepared, that's not going to be a good hire for you.
2: Hang on, I got to... I got to step back and tell Miles what monosyllabic means. He he's an older guy.
3: Hey, I that, was gonna that means- say I was I was born in North Dakota. Is that monosyllabic? <laughs> That's one
2: syllable, Miles. <laughs> you
3: guys are mean to each other.
2: No, no, we just
3: like that. I think I'm going back on mute. I'm used to it, Trish. Believe me.
2: Well, there you go. No, I get your point. I mean, if 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 they're just if they can't maintain a conversation, have some personality, perhaps have a little bit of a sense of humor, probably not going to be a good fit, right?
5: Right. It's not going to be a good fit because, I mean, that's their whole job. Their whole job is to be, you know, with email, I keep saying, we need prospects, not pen pals, right? Um, So it's having that conversation. Their job, at the end of the day, their job is to arouse curiosity and to close on the next step in the process. That's as far as they should be taking it. But with a crazy, busy buyer, to arouse curiosity, that's a tough job nowadays, so... That's what I would look for, is those conversational qualities and curiosity.
2: Yeah, I'm talking with Trish Bertuzzi of The Bridge Group. We're talking sales development, inside sales. You, you advocate separating the two functions, inside creating leads for somebody then to pursue those. And and the numbers support that, don't don't they, Trish?
5: Yeah, they do. So... You know, role specialization is definitely a trend that has emerged and been around for a long time. Um, having said that, I, I read something recently that was written by, um, I think it was Russ Hurl from Double Dutch, where he put the roles back together again. He found that for their buyers, they didn't like that transition, so I really think that you have to figure out who your buyer is and how they want to be handled and then develop your model because there isn't just one you can plunk down on everyone.
2: You know, one of the things that I'm reading quite a bit in the in the literature and the things that are on social media is there's, there's this whole movement, Trish, that says because we have all these really cool tools now, we have the internet and they're entering, clients are entering the buying process much later on and they know more about us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we really... Probably you're looking at the death of the salesman, but I, I know that that's something that you passionately disagree with. Oh, for God's sakes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, no, be serious. Answer the question. I
4: mean,
5: <laughs> you, you know what? And, you know, I think serious decisions did a good job with this because they used to get pinned with that, the buyers 64% of their way through their journey before they talked to sales. And, and you know, serious decisions finally went, whoa, seriously we're going to do some research, and they did that research, and their research showed that people want to engage with salespeople even earlier in the sales process than they ever did before if the salesperson adds value,
2: Absolutely. And, that's, you know,
5: and that's the big F.
2: Yeah, it's a huge F. Well, my, data, my my analysis is not data-driven. It's anecdotal, but what I can see from the marketplace is that People really need salespeople even more than they used to because there's so much more data, so much more information to be disseminated and, and, to, and to be worked through. And it's really harder to make a decision when you've got all of that, all of that information yeah. in front of you.
5: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just over, information overload. And, you know, the buyers feel it too. But once again, you know, they don't want to be sold. They want to be guided and informed. I think that's the difference nowadays. To be a great salesperson, you really need to guide that buyer and provide them with information, and not come at them with a band hammer. Yeah, I like that phrase. I like that (laughs) phrase. I'm going to use it more often. The band hammer.
2: (laughs) Hey, wait, Miles, trademark that one. Get that one on the books for us. (laughs) It's on our show. It's intellectual property. it's, it really is such a turnoff, though, isn't it, Trish? I mean, the, the uh, traditional salesperson who walks in, plops down in your chair, and says, tell me about your business. I mean, that, those days are completely gone.
3: Well,
5: so Those walking in and plopping down in the chair in my world.
2: Yeah, exactly right. They're completely gone as mm-hmm. well. But, but the, the, the analogy for you is somebody who calls cold, interrupts my day with, with something that has absolutely no value, and they've done no homework. I mean, those days are just over.
5: Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they be over? So can I rant? Cause oh, yeah, absolutely. I we love peep. rants. I have a new pet peeve. And I just noticed there's a Twitter stream over here. I got to pay attention to that. Okay. <laughs> so here's my new rant. Here's my new rant. I get I get these emails every day. You know, they're like from these poor little SDRs whose <laughs> managers should be just put in the corner and downtime, but, you know, they send me an email and they're like, I'd like to get on your calendar to talk about, and learn more about, la, 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 delete, nothing interesting in it. The next day I get an email, hey, did you see the email I sent you yesterday? I'm like, hell yeah, it sucked. So do <laughs> you. Put me in touch with your manager because I got to sell you some better coaching and training Like, and then I'll get another one yet again. Did you see the, the email? So now the new thing is, send an email that has no relevancy, then keep asking the person, did they look at your non-relevant email? That's a great methodology.
2: Yeah, in fact, seeing it a lot on LinkedIn of all places, I mean, is there a worse place to use that idea? Oh, my
5: God. LinkedIn, the worst thing they ever did was, was allow us to message each other, because that's just another avenue of people harassing. It's
2: awful. It's just Oh, uh, In case you're just joining me live on the radio or live on Blab, it's Trish Bertuzzi, who absolutely has no uh, opinions about anything whatsoever. I mean, it's <laughs> like pulling teeth to get okay. something from her. Hey, make sure you find her online uh, at uh, the Bridge Group. Uh, let's see, I think Bridge Group Inc. Yes, at Bridge Group Inc. is Twitter. BridgeGroupInc.com is the website. Uh, but Before we go to our, our break, I, I want to talk a little bit more about what's on there. You said that uh, uh, th- the most important question that people have to deal with is how do I get the right people in front of my closers at the lowest possible cost? I mean it's a lot of variables to be putting in play at one time. Uh, h- how do you answer that question?
5: So it's interesting because the question of lowest cost is something that I never hear people talk about anymore. Um, so it's not, that. and by the way Sales development and inside salespeople are extremely well compensated nowadays because it's such a competitive market. Um, Actually, if you want to know how they're compensated, you can go to bridgegroupbank.com, go to our resources page, and look at our metrics and compensation reports, which you can download for free. Wow. Um, Yeah, and they're awesome. Um, Having said that, and having completely lost my train of thought, yes, Kelly, what was the question
2: again? How do do you answer that question? You, You said not a lot of people talk about the lowest price. Get, getting your okay. people in front of the closers at the lowest price.
5: Yeah, so it's not about the lowest price. It's about what are you trying to accomplish. So um, we opened an office in San Francisco about a year ago, and I find it fascinating that the tech market out there and the business model is so different than it is on the East Coast because what we're seeing in um, the Bay Area and in Silicon Valley is that people are actually spending money by partnering SDRs one-to-one with selling partners to get a leg up and get more velocity sooner into their pipeline. And that is not cheap. That has nothing to do with cost of selling. That's about a land grab, and they're willing to pay for it. Is it working? Well, for those companies, I'm assuming it is because they're still executing. But I think, you know, you have to think through your strategy. So, which leads me to a beautiful segue to my book, Kelly, so I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. Very good. There is not one strategy for everybody, right? So right. There, there just isn't. If there was, we'd all be HubSpot, we'd all be Salesforce.com, we'd all be gazillionaires, right? So I didn't write a book about the one strategy for sales development. I wrote something called the Sales Development Playbook, available in January on Amazon, um, and in it, I say, this is what you need to think about, and these are the questions you need to answer. Okay, great. Did you do that? Now, here are the options that are available to you based on your answers to those questions because there just is no such thing as one-size-fits-all, and you really need to think about your unique model. Do you have brand and name recognition? Where are you selling in the technology adoption life cycle? Who are your buyers? There's just like a gazillion things you need to think about. And so we're sort of like a guided decision-making process with some great tactical information in the back end. I'm rather so, proud of it. Did you notice?
2: Yeah, I, I did, actually. I, I expect to get an advanced copy so that I can help you sell more and more of those uh, out there. So.
5: Oh, well, let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you're, I, you
2: know that I'm here to help. Uh, the Sales yeah. Development Playbook coming from Miss Bert- Bertuzzi on uh, January the of 2016. Hey, we're going to take a time out. We're going to come back on the other side and we're going to continue our conversation about Sales Development 3.0. We've got one of the world's foremost experts in this space right here on Biz Locker Radio. By the way, if you're on listening uh, live, You need to find us on Blab. If you're on Blab, you can always find the podcast on iTunes. Just go look up the Business Locker Room. We're going to come back on the other side. Miles Austin will join me later in the show, by the way. We're going to do the X's and O's segment. He's got a cool new tool for us to talk about. We'll do all of that when we come back. I'm Kelly Riggs. Stay with us.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One on One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step by Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two time National Salesperson of the Year to to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit BizLockerRoom.com. From the boardroom
4: to you, Voice America Business Network.
2: Hi, I'm John Spence, one of the top 100 business thought leaders in the world, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Hey, many thanks to John Spence for bringing us back out of the break. John Spence also wrote a great book called Awesomely Simple. He's been on the show a couple of times, and I count him as one of those guys that I read everything that he writes because the guy is brilliant. By the way, next week, Mike Weinberg will be on board. And if you're joining me on Blab, we're going to be looking at his brand-new book, Sales Management Simplified. Had breakfast with Mike in St. Louis Last week, this was before the cards got eliminated, his, his his demeanor was a lot better. I think he's in mourning right now for his cardinals, but really excited to have him on next week. Uh, Joe Polizzi, the week after that, Content uh, Marketing Institute, then Orrin cloth who wrote a phenomenal book called Pitch Anything, we'll talk about that. But today, episode number 73 with Trish Bertuzzi, we're talking about Sales Development 3.0. It's all about the front end of the sales process. And uh, we were talking before the break, Trish, about that article that was written. The big trend, the biggest trend in sales today, this thing called sales development. Um, You you say it's really transformed the the traditional sales process. All the new tools and the way we do sales development now. What do you mean by that? What what's what is really going radical?
5: Well, I mean it's transformed the sales process because now you have people who are focused on engaging in the early stages of the buyer journey, right? So, you know, I always say to my clients, and some of them love it, and some of them they don't, but I always say, any monkey can close a deal. If you give them a highly qualified opportunity, all they have to do is ask closing questions, right? I don't know why they make such a big deal out of, Ooh, closing skills and whatnot. You just ask hard questions, right? The hard part is getting them to engage with you in the first place, breaking through the noise, showing them that you're different, showing them that you're relevant, that you understand their business, their unique set of challenges. That's the hard part. So I think sales development has made the life of a salesperson pretty cush.
2: Oh well. Hey, listen. I'm going to put I'm going to put you on the spot. Then, do you think the outside salesperson, the closer, should be paid less than the inside salesperson, the SDR?
5: Okay. So once again, I don't understand what you mean by outside. <laughs> but you, well, mean, you mean the closing rep? You know.
2: Yeah, the should closing they
5: be paid rep. Less. I think it. The answer is it depends. I think it depends. If you're selling a commodity product where all you have to do then is like demo to close, maybe, or not obviously enterprise deals are a whole different thing. I think it depends on the the buying process and the decision-making process and the prospect. I can't, you know, I, I don't think that's a, once again, I don't think that's a one answer fits all. It's okay. an interesting thought
2: process. It's an interesting question, I think, yeah, just based on what you said. Well, so let, you, you've mentioned enterprise a few times. So how does the enterprise sale vary? What, what are your thoughts on that side of the house?
5: Well, I mean, it's much more complex. you know. And I think what's happened over the past few years is that more and more sales have trans, transformed themselves into enterprise sales because the buying committees are growing larger At low dollar volumes. There's rarely that one guy who can make the big decision anymore. Um, It's always, almost always, a buying committee. So that does complicate the sales process. You know, when you have to influence multiple decision makers in an organization, um, that doesn't make it so much more challenging. But I think there's something afoot, uh, account based marketing and account based selling that it's just starting to emerge. It's sort of been around ever. Like I feel like it's been around since Jill Conrath wrote her book, Selling to Big Companies, mm-hmm. where she talked about that. But, mm-hmm. you know, we always have to have a new acronym and a new thing. So the new thing is going to be account based marketing and account based selling. And I think sure. it's going to be interesting to watch where that goes.
2: Well, you know, I, I remember twenty years ago when when enterprise selling, especially in the tech space, what was was always a team of people. You might have someone that we would call an SDR now making some initial contacts and setting some things in place but then you would have the the, the enterprise salesperson who worked that account and had a defined number of accounts per se but then once it progressed to a certain point you would have a sales engineer you would have technical yep. support it seemed like you had this this big team is that still a part of the marketplace in your experience? Oh
5: absolutely it's still absolutely in the right situation It's that has not changed and that will probably never change it's still totally true that sometimes you need to put multiple resources on an account to accomplish what you're looking for.
2: Yeah. Is, there sti- is there still a role for an SDR in your world, you think?
5: Absolutely. 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 You know, but, you know, an SDR, that's kind of an umbrella term, right? A sales development rep. Right. So if you're going, you know, if you're going out account let's talk about account-based marketing and account-based selling. The SDR's role might not be to immediately try to get the buyer on the phone. It might be to do research, to begin to understand right. what's going on in that account, You know, whether they collect information via the web or having conversations or however they collect it. In that instance, the sales development rep's role would be more of a profiler or a researcher than someone who's like, hey, can you take a meeting with my buddy, you know?
2: Sure. Well, and, and there's clearly a huge, huge place for that role as well, analyst or whatever you want to call them. I mean, there's clearly a lot of, of front end research to be done on these more complex clients.
5: Yep. And well, people it, are coming out with techniques to address it, like John Miller and his company uh, Um He's going to address that very situation, as are some others. So it's, it's going to be an emerging market to watch. It's going to be interesting.
2: Trish Bertuzzi is my guest here on BizLocker Radio. Find us online, bizlockerradio.com. Trish, um, you know it's interesting as things evolve. New methodologies come along and then people abuse the crap out of them. So one of the things that has been abused to death is the – Download my ebook and download this and download. I mean, everybody's got a uh, a magnet, right? A lead magnet to. And you call that in your article, you call that content spam. And I thought that was really interesting. It's not as effective uh, as it used to be by magnitudes. What's the replacement for that?
5: Conversation. <laughs> I don't know. What happened to the days when, you know, you could just pick up the phone and have a conversation? Right. Um, content Content has, don't get me wrong, I love content. Content has served my business well and has grown my business dramatically. Those web forms and getting people to have engaged has, has been a thing of beauty. But there can be too much of it. Like, people who blog three times a week... You think your audience is listening to you or reading you? They are absolutely not. You are white noise. And I think what we have to sort of step back and do is say, what am I trying to accomplish with this piece? Am I putting it out because I can? Or am I putting it out there because it actually does something to educate my potential buyer and help me move them along down the path I'm trying to guide them down. I think it's time to go back where content had meaning. Remember when Twitter had meaning? Yeah. I love Twitter. I just love Twitter, right? Who's snarkier than I am on Twitter? I just love to go out there with 140 characters and, and like launch something over the bow. And that's where I used to go. And I'm talking a year and a half ago.
1: Right. I
5: used to go to Twitter to be informed. Like my I used to find out about all the technologies from you. I mean, I used to go there and I'd look at my followers and I'd like, what are they reading? What are they talking about? This is so awesome. And then now it's like an echo can. It's like everyone's just retweeting and they don't even read what they're retweeting. So it has no context. And it's like 30 ways to do this and 10 ways to do this and five ways to do that. How about one way to shut up? (laughs) Enough. (laughs) No, so, so I'm I'm bummed out because it used to be so good, and now now I'm like, where do I go?
2: Now I well, go for yeah, you you know. But two years ago, three years ago, you were reading all the social media experts, right? It was hey, those are the headlines that get read, the ten ways and the five ways and the four ways, and then yeah. it became you got to put a picture with it, you know really captures people's imagination. The reality is, is this this is a moving target. I mean, this thing is moving so fast because so many people are involved in jumping in at an ever-increasing speed. I don't know, how do you stay ahead of this game?
5: I mean, think about it. Here's Twitter, right? So watch. I'm not there. Here I am. Can you see me? Okay, I'm gone again. I mean, Twitter, I mean, it's like... you got to be there in the moment. It's like a snapshot. So...
2: Now, how did yeah. you expect me to do that if we weren't on video, right? If you're listening on the radio or if you listen to the podcast, you can't see her bobbing up and down on the video page there. <laughs> that's yeah. good stuff. Well, you know, yeah. the, the reason I ask about all of those things is one of the data points that were that came out in, in Meyer's article was that the contact rate is 100 times higher if you call an inbound lead in five minutes versus 30 minutes. I mean, that, that's a gargantuan thing, and the qualification rate is much, much quicker as well. But how do I get people to call me inbound? How, how how do I get their attention?
5: Well, I mean, obviously, content does play a part in that. Um, it just has to be good. Right. Right. There's a difference between content and good content. And here's the other thing about the five-minute rule. And I'm not going to throw it under the bus, but I think of myself as a pretty typical buyer. And if I go, oh yeah, the mall,
2: very much so. Yeah, I look at you and I go typical. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay.
5: This is what I mean. So if I, go to a, if I go to someone's website and I download a white paper, I download it to read it either at night or on the weekend. Two minutes later, my fine re- phone rings. Hi, Trish. It's John. You just downloaded our white paper. Do you have any questions? I'm like, dude, really? I haven't even opened it. I'm going to read it over the weekend. I, what is it about? And by the way, do you know I'm already a customer of yours? Or, you know, I'm a partner. No, you don't, because you were were rushing to call me so fast, you know nothing about me.
2: Absolutely right. Yeah, do I have a question for you? Yeah, are you stalking me on Facebook already?
1: (laughs) I know, I know. It's instantaneous.
2: well, folks, this, this thing we call sales development is changing rapidly, as you can tell from our conversation with Trish. Sales Development 3.0, we call it. Trish has got a brand new book coming out in January of 2016. I can assure you we'll talk more about it, probably get her back on video now that she's a regular veteran. Uh, it's called The Sales Development Playbook, and uh, it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm looking forward to it, Trish. Hey, In all seriousness, thank you so much for taking some of your time. I know you've got multiple offices and all that. Thanks for being a part of BizLocker Radio.
5: My pleasure.
2: Great to have her on board. Hey, we're going to take our final time out. And uh, we'll come back on the other side and I'll have a conversation with my good buddy Miles Austin. He'll join me from Seattle. I think he's in mourning again but I don't know if I'm going to talk about football or not. We'll have to wait and see how he reacts. No, he's giving me the no. Hey, make sure you find us on Blab, folks. This is where it's really happening. A lot of good things you can do there. You can tweet out of it. You can send messages. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, it's always a great place to rehash the fabulous content. Many thanks to Trish Bertuzzi for joining us right here on the show. We'll come back on the other side you're listening to biz locker radio i'm kelly riggs stay with us
4: the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america
1: business network Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, A Step-by-Step Guide to a Hall of Fame Career in Sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time national salesperson of the year to Speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com.
4: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
1: Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs.
2: Hey, welcome back to Biz Locker Radio. Thanks to Michael Sergit, our engineer on the other side of the glass, working me through all the technical issues and making it sound like we know what we're doing, which uh, clearly we don't. And if it wasn't for Miles Austin on the blab side, we'd really be lost because I am clearly not the technical talent uh, on this whole operation. But thanks for joining us. BizLockerRadio.com is where you'll find all the information about the show, past guests, uh, some great, great interviews. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the, since the summer, we've been loaded up on the sales side. In fact, uh, Mike Weinberg will be with me next week. We'll be talking about his brand-new book, Sales Management Simplified. You know anybody in the sales world, you absolutely do not want to miss that interview with uh, Mike Weinberg. week after that is Joe Polizzi. we have had him on uh, the show as well. Content Marketing Institute. We're going to talk about some of those things that Trish alluded to. We'll talk about content and the way you use it right and really advance that whole idea of sales development 3.0. The week after that, Oren Clough, you want to set your sundial by that one. I will guarantee you that is going to be a fabulous, fabulous interview. Had him on once before. His book, Pitch Anything, must read in my book. But we welcome in my good friend from Seattle. He's Miles Austin. And if you've uh, joined us on Blab, you'll see him there in his uh, warehouse studio uh, that, that he built just specifically for the, <laughs> the business locker room. Miles, how you doing, my friend?
3: I'm doing good, Kelly. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. I always enjoy listening to Trish. I, I made a comment in, the, in the, uh, the stream there that she is a master of those quotable little tweets that she has, those little short little things. I, I learned several years ago from her, one that I've used for years um, is that she, I, I give her credit for coining, was a fool with the tool is still a fool. <laughs> wow. Hang on. I may have to use that one later. <laughs> yeah. well, oh, man. Be. I'm sure they can apply that to me from time to time. I'm Wait. just a fool, period. I don't even need a tool.
2: Yeah, that's right. It doesn't matter if I have one or not. Hey, if you're if you're joining us for the first time, Miles Austin is on, on the show all the time. We do a segment called the X's and O's segment right here in the business locker room. It's like wheeling in the chalkboard, drawing up a play on the board, a way to make some adjustments or get better at what we're doing, attack our competition a little more effectively, however you want to look at it. And you can find him online at fillthefunnel.com. Certainly, you want to add him to the Twitter list if he's not already there. He uh, He's a guy that posts great stuff and uh, doesn't waste your time with a bunch of nonsense, at Miles Austin. Okay, so this week we're talking about
3: a, a brand new tool called Todoist. Tell us about it. Uh Todoist is simply a to-do list that's available anywhere, anytime on virtually every platform you can imagine that you can also share with people that are important to you in your life.
2: Okay, okay, don't run off people if you're listening. We're going to get to why this one is different because I can hear I can hear headphones being slammed on the ground right now. A to-do list, really? Like I don't have enough of those around, but you don't come to these without good intent, so tell me about this one.
3: Well, I'll tell you what. I think exactly what you just said, Kelly, is the reason why this is a great product to consider and a great tool. Um, all of us have to-do lists. I've got about eight or nine of them, very honestly, <laughs> before I started using it. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of my little moleskin notebook. Right. I have my iPhone. I've got my tablet. I've got my laptop. I've got my desk. If you could see it, it was It's a disaster. I've got lists and sticky notes and things everywhere. That is exactly why something like Todoist is such a valuable, powerful tool. You need to have a list, no question, we all do. But let's get them all centralized, so I've got one list. Uh, One of the things, tell me if, if you've seen this, Kelly, I find many times when I'll find a list that maybe I had stuck on my dashboard a week ago, I might have gotten all those things done, but there was one I forgot because it was out of sight, out of mind, because I maybe was traveling for a week.
2: Right. Absolutely. That's it happens why.
3: all the time. I don't care what
2: tool you're using. If it's not visible, it's not worth anything.
3: Absolutely. And that's really the power because of what they built. It's similar to a lot of the tools you found for me. I I'm, I really favorite tools uh, that are multi-platform, and that's really one of the big advantages. So not only is it available, I think there's like, I don't know, 10 or 15 different platforms it's on, but um, you literally have everything from inboxes and to-do lists on your phone to, to a desk and a notebook and everything else. Um, I get voicemails from people giving me things to do, right? right? And honestly, I don't know about you, Kelly, but my voicemails are usually number 72 on my list of things I'm going to go back and review. So unless I take that to-do in that voicemail and add it somewhere in writing, in this case now, to to I probably won't get it done. And now I've disappointed a client, a customer, or even a family member or a friend. And I, that's just not something I try to do. It's part of what we try and we strive to be better at every day.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at uh, online at Todoist, dot You mentioned the platforms, Web, Android, iOS, OS X, Windows, Chrome, Firefox, email. I mean, they got it all covered, right? And so what you're telling me is if I if I get this list started, it's going to be everywhere, and it's going to be in front of my face.
3: It is. And the other nice thing is, and it's not, you know, we, we just had a conversation with Trish a little bit about all these emails and everything coming in. I get one email a day based on my settings that said, these are the things that are on your list today, right, And that are scheduled for today. And by the way, and these are the four things you didn't do yesterday that were due yesterday. So it's just a simple, clean reminder. One of the, the design principles of Todoist is a very distraction-free environment. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. There's not a lot of cool graphics and twirling gizmos. It's clean. It's simple. And that's one of the things I like about it. It's very much like having a blank page every day or a whiteboard to write these things on. It just follows you through and helps you manage. Because, again, I don't know about you, but one of my biggest challenges over the years is I'll forget to do something. I think, okay, I got them all done. But I forgot about the one in the dashboard or the one in my uh, on my desk, on my laptop, or on my monitor I stuck a sticky note on. And and I really feel bad about those because if I committed to it, I want to do it. And I'm not able to do it because I simply forgot it was there.
2: Well, w- this is episode number 73 of BizLocker Radio. And I remember when we started well over a year and a half ago, uh, one of the first tools that we talked about was Evernote. And Evernote was... Again, kind of like this, uh, you know, everybody's got something they keep notes on or whatever, and I was that guy. I had tried Evernote, didn't stick. Now I am a huge, huge Evernote fan, and I do a lot of my critical things to do on Evernote, but what I don't have is something that emails me and says, hey, knucklehead, you didn't do these yesterday. Here's what you've got scheduled today, and puts it right in front of me. I mean, I, that, that alone may be one of the real, really uh, terrific things features of this whole product.
3: Absolutely, Kelly. And I think, you know, I'm a big fan as well of Evernote. But for me, I, I use it more for links and documentation. I was writing a post this morning for the folks over at TechSmith, and I was trying to remember there were three studies about, um, you know, how we remember more and we retain more information based on visual with what we hear is 10%, what we see is 40%, etc. etc. et, cetera, et cetera. And, and, and I thought, now, where are those? And I was able to go back to Evernote. And find the links to those pieces. So I use Evernote more as a depository for the, my research and the important things I want to go back to. It's kind of my memory for things I've already gotten done or read. Where To Doist is what I want to get to do, not what I've already done in the past.
2: Right, and, and yeah, absolutely, it does. And I can see me uh, making the changeover. I'll probably be a big To Doist guy in the next few weeks, uh, Miles. Austin joins me, fillthefunnel.com, and it seems like uh, since I met him and we started doing this show, I have about 50 new tools that I use on a regular basis. Now, you know, in, in truth, Miles, um, you, you, we've probably done in 73 shows, you've probably introduced us to 40 or 50 tools, uh, and we did a lot of work with video back in, in the summer. But uh, so many of these tools have made a tremendous difference, I know, in my productivity. And my ability to stay on top of things, I, I see this as one of those critical tools that can do that. And and I would really hate for people to have that knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, to-do list. I mean, I've I've got 14 things I can do that with.
3: Absolutely, Kelly. Absolutely so. And I, and I think you know we, we're always learning. I, yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot more to come. I, you know, the, the neat thing about what I do is I've got for every tool you and I talk about on the air, I've got five or 10 behind it. I just can't get to them all to do on a show like this, but it's the volume is just amazing because people are starting finally to understand. Embrace them for the things you need to get better at. Don't just play with them as toys. They are really, as they're called, tools.
2: Absolutely. Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com. Just looking at the feature list here, you, you can collaborate and share and collaborate. So, some, some tools do that. That's fine. They have recurring dates uh, that c- you can have repeating due dates. You've got uh, sub projects and notifications, real time data synchronization, multiple priorities. You can visualize your productivity. I can't even wait to look and see what that's about. Comments, reminders. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are going on here. And by the way, Miles, did we mention? Yeah, you can get started for free.
3: Absolutely. In fact, very frankly, that's all I'm using is free. (laughs) We're um, a fan of free, aren't we? (laughs) Absolutely. And and you know what? The truth is, a lot of these tools, very honestly, as you know, they're either free for a month or there's an entry-level plan that's free. Uh, In most cases, I'll move up as I get comfortable with it. Not always, because sometimes the tool just doesn't fit the way I work. But if it does, I'm able then to move over, and I think it makes a big difference.
2: Hey, let's uh, let's shift gears just a little bit and revisit a little bit of what Trish was talking about in terms of sales development because clearly that's a world that you work in. You know a lot about it. She was talking about content spam, and I could kind of see your, your <laughs> I could kind of see your head work. What are your thoughts there on
3: content spam? Well, you know what? I, I think it's a really hot topic. Let me I'm going to type something in here really quick into the uh, the column on the right for all of us. I'm doing a Blab next Monday before this show. I'm doing it at 11 o'clock Central Time with a guy that I've learned tons of marketing of, uh, and with over the years, John Jantz from Duct Tape Marketing. Um, and when I heard Trish talking, there's the link to the to the site but or to the Blab, but what John's done kind of syncs quite a bit with what Trish was saying about all this kind of, there's so much of this lead magnet stuff out there. Right. What, what John has done is said, hold on, time out. What I'm going to do is not keep giving you these sign up for my list and get this ebook, and sign up for my list and get this paper, and sign up for my list for this. He's now taken all of his content that is available for free anyway, um, and put it behind a gate, if you will. So, not, and he calls it his community. So, his content community is something that I was really intrigued. He just did this within the last week. And I reached out, I said, John, we gotta talk about this because I've been struggling with it. I know a lot of the people that I interact and I coach are struggling with. And I said, so we tied a little conversation about well, what's it like, what do you think of was?" and I said, t- you know what, time out. Let's just go get on a blab and let me just let me just kind of prep you a little bit and let me just let you tell our audience what's going on with this topic. So in the future, actually now, on, on the Duct Tape Marketing site, you go to it, you sign up once to get into his content community, and now you've got, what he has one list of someone that's engaged and has an interest in all the things that he does in marketing, and it's all in there. So you go into it almost more as a member, if you will, you're part of that quote community, and I really think what the, the listeners are going to hear is the community word is the key part there, uh, because there's forums to communicate and ask questions of each other, etc. But rather than saying, "Hey, I got a new book," uh, that I'm going to a new ebook, uh, I got just finished a new ebook. I'm going to download. You can download it. And sign up, right? No more. You just join his content community. You get in. You get access. You now have a password and an ID. And all the other people that are in that same content community have access to everything that he's publishing out there that's for free.
2: Wow, so one gate, one list, one name, and, and I assume he probably still does something like a, a, a weekly or monthly newsletter or something to keep people oh, yeah. up to date. Oh, yeah. and, and, but it just it just makes all of that a lot easier and cleaner. Your, every blog post doesn't contain a sign up now, and or if it does, it probably just says,
3: Join our community, right? Yeah, if, if, right. If, if you want more information about this or anything else that we talk about here at XYZ, just join here. You get access to everything that we have out there available, all of it in a library, and anything I'm adding in the future, you're going to have access automatically. What it does then, it kind of moves some of the interaction and that responsibility to the reader, right? Yes. Now I think, okay, I need to find what's the current thinking on these pop-ups, right, on these pop-ups on my website. Let me go see what John has to say about it, if he has any white papers or any ebooks about it. Right, right. And now there's a community where you can ask each other, and that's the part I'm really intrigued with because we've all seen Trish hit it a little bit with LinkedIn and all the different challenges there and the the nightmare that has turned into LinkedIn groups and the the challenges there. Well, how about if everyone that is in this community has an interest in, in my case, with, with tools? That's all. I'm here for one reason. I want to learn about tools, Miles. And everything that I put out there is about tools. What a great place to hang out,
2: whether yeah, I'm like
3: online or not.
2: And, and you're bringing it into your own community and not a part of some monolithic community like LinkedIn. Great, great stuff. Hey, make sure you join Miles Austin. It's next Monday, 11 o'clock. Is that uh, Pacific time?
3: Uh, no, 11 o'clock Central time.
2: 11 o'clock Central, he'll interview uh, John Jance of Duct Tape Marketing. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Number 73 in the can, Sales Development 3.0. It's Biz Locker Radio. Special thanks to Michael Surgit. Really appreciate all his help on the other side. Thanks to Trish Bertuzzi for joining us and making it a great show. Miles is at fillthefunnel.com. He'll be back next week on the X's No segment. And we'll have a conversation with Mike Weinberg, his brand new book, Sales Management Simplified. Look forward to doing it. Find us at bizlockerradio.com. Follow me. I'm your host, Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated.